Lovely listeners, and welcome to the dreaded Lurgy with Laura van Lillyveld and Kylie van Sale. Laura, how are you feeling? I am feeling like like I don't fully understand what's happening on a day to day basis. That is, that's Good. where I'm at on the coping scale with uh, COVID nineteen. A solid six. <laughs> I mean, that's rounded up from a five point two, five point two on a scale. Would that be rounded down? It would be rounded down, so but I mean, you're a historian and I'm like a textbook writer. We can, we can do what we want. <clears throat> we can, we can. I'm just, num- numbers are a construct. How are you, Kylie? I'm fine. Thank you. I am coping fairly well, considering that I can't go anywhere and won't be able to go anywhere until the end of the month, but it's fine. It's all fine. It's all fine. I went for a walk yesterday and got followed by some very aggressive pigeons. Um, <laughs> I, think they, I think they think they own the world now. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how we're going to tell them otherwise when this is over. I think we just surrender. They they now own yes. it. And, and Oh, pigeon and overlords. <laughs> Fortunately, today's topic is a little less intense than our previous ones. Yes, it's not pigeon pox, it's chicken pox. Yeah. Wait, pigeon pox is a thing? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, good. I'm suddenly more scared of them than I was. But chicken pox, yes. Chicken pox. Now, Kylie, when I was doing my research, I have a present for you. Oh, no. Do you? I do. It's called chicken pox literature. Ta-da! This is a thing. This is a thing. This is a thing. This is a thing. What? Oh, my it's God. a thing. It's a real thing, especially children's literature, which makes sense considering most people who get chicken pox are little kitties. Yeah. So I have a poem for you, which I would like to read. I am all ears. It is by Ken Nesbitt, and it is You're about to be hit by all five stanzas of its remarkableness. I embraced. I got a case of chicken pox. My skin was strewn with spots. And so I grabbed a marker and I played connect the dots. I started on my pinky toes. The lines went up my feet, around my ankles, shins and knees, and right across my seat. They circled round my belly button, outward toward my hips, then up my chest, around my neck, and past my chin and lips. The lines continued on my ears, my eyebrows, cheeks and nose, then out my arms and in again, and downward to my toes. I ran and got a mirror, and I smiled as I was seeing. By linking all the dots, I'd drawn a 3D human being. Ta-da! If I was seven, that would be the best thing ever, and I would I would connect those dots. It's it, the temptation is very real, and I speak from personal I mean, I experience. Like, oh my god, do you? I don't remember having chickenpox. Do you remember having chickenpox? I think I was. I remember three. it. I remember it vividly. I was ten years old, god. and it was very much a struggle. Uh, when I asked my mom about this the other day, her first reminder to me was, "Well, Lara, we had to cancel our beach holiday because of you." Wow. <laughs> priorities thanks mum to be fair i was also very bummed about cancelling the holiday but i was more bummed about my miserable existence as a poxed child but i survived unlike barely surprisingly some people but that is a story for later on in the podcast i want to know more about your actual experience of the chicken pox though i How remember did you feel? what did you think um i remember it took about two weeks and i remember being in constant constant pain the, the combination of itch and pain is unlike anything i've experienced 
before or since that my brother, two and a half years previously, had sailed through the chicken pox without a problem, really added salt to the wound. Not literally, thank God. Were you doused with bicarb? Were you covered in calamine lotion? Did you have some sort of weird folk remedy applied, like grated potato, which I believe is a thing? Really? No, nothing very exciting. Just standard calamine lotion and uh, tepid baths because my mother was convinced that a hot bath would make more spots grow. I mean, she's right and wrong. I mean, tepid baths are indicated. I don't know about the spots thing, though. It seems wild, but I mean, I didn't like anything even remotely warm touching my skin because I, it was all on fire. So it's not like I was missing the massively hot bath. A slightly boiled small child is probably not going to be any happier. True um, story. Calamine lotion didn't do a blind bit of anything, but that's fine because it, it made me, it was a, a psychosomatic thing. It worked because I wanted it to work. I see. In reality, didn't do anything. Dear God. And you were 10. I was 10. I had it everywhere, Kylie. I had oh. it in my ears. I had it in my mouth, in my nose, all around my eyes. No. I had it everywhere. But now what I'm curious about, because I've not actually looked this up, is how my symptoms compare to the standard chickenpox symptoms. So I'm going to take you through my uh, field of horrors, shall we say, and you can tell me how mm, normal, average my experience was. Okay, let's do that. Are you ready? I am ready. Symptom bingo. Did you have a fever? Oh, yes. Not that I, I remember being very hot. I don't know what my specific number was, though. Neither does my mother. Your average um, over-the-counter thermometer is just going to lie to you anyway. Um, Really? Okay, well, uh, they're accurate enough for home use. I mean, do you have a fever? Yes, you have a fever. What fever is exactly? I mean, you can tell broadly whether it's mild, moderate, or high. I mean, like, it's not going to be accurate to, like, two decimal points. Fever testing in general is a bit of a gamble. Okay. So you probably felt a lot hotter than you actually were. Oh, shame. I'm just imagining the poor little small upset 10 year old Laura I was so so sad did you have a headache unsure because I had generalized pain everywhere was okay so I'm going to go ahead and say you did have body aches correct definitely the my poor body was aflame. We can assume, therefore, that you also had a loss of appetite and you definitely had the rash. Definitely had the rash. Loss of appetite, hard to say because my mouth was filled with pox, so eating was so profoundly unpleasant. The symptom of loss of appetite generally is taken to mean you don't feel like eating, but the reasons for you not feeling like eating, (laughs) I think, would include a mouthful of, like, you know, exposed nerve endings. Or not exposed nerve endings, literally, but pain. Okay, so it sounds like you were... Completely average. Okay, so you didn't have diarrhea or vomiting? Definitely not. Were you sensitive to light? I'm going to say yes, because that was the first year I got sunglasses. They were neon orange with a little fish printed around the frames. Uh, So that was my first pair of sunglasses. So the two things must have connected. Unless, of course, I'm having one of those false memories and the sunglasses actually sort of two, three years later. But memory is a malleable thing. So yes, I'm hoping that I'm hoping they're not connected because otherwise you were misdiagnosed and you had measles. Diarrhea and vomiting, sensitivity light, and high fever are symptoms of measles, not chickenpox. And our measles, the rash looks similar. We'll do measles at a later date, I suspect. The sunglasses could also have just been a plot on my parents' part to make me feel better about my life. You don't even wear sunglasses. No, I don't. That's, I mean, that represents a third of the entire collection of sunglasses I've ever had. My neon orange ones, which I still have, by the way. I don't know. They sound like they need to make a comeback. I'd wear those like a shot. Spring, summer 2021. I'll break them out. <laughs> (laughs) Yes, if we're ever allowed to go outdoors again. Okay, 
So because you had chickenpox kind of old, did you have any of these symptoms before you actually got sick? Like, did you have a fever or a headache or a sore body before the rash appeared? I think so, because I remember initially the rash, like I felt very poorly and initially the rash was very minor and then the rash escalated very quickly. Yeah, One it dot, went two dots, many dots. Wah, 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 wah. Okay. It got manky Sorry. very quickly. I just did you scratch? Were you allowed to scratch? Were you put in little mittens? I my fingernails were cut religiously. Um, my mother put socks on my hands, and I was like, "This isn't going to work." I'm ten years old. I know how to take socks off. I knew I wasn't supposed to scratch, but it was an unholy terror trying not to scratch when every single nerve ending wanted so desperately to be itched. That sounds absolutely horrendous. Your rash is a common way of getting a secondary skin infection. If you scratch, you can, little little poxes can become infected, which nobody wants. And it's a it's a terrible. It's like first they little raised pink bumps. Do you remember this? And then over the course of one day, they become fluid filled blisters, which then break and then yes. ooze. Yes. And then they crust. They and they crust. And I think the crusty surge is the itchiest. Yes. And then you want to scratch the crust off, but it's also very sore. So itching, like the scratching, isn't as satisfying as it should be. God, that sounds like mental torture. Truly. Well, we've you certainly yes. I think we can say we've conclusively established that you had chickenpox. <laughs> How did you get this malady? An excellent question, and I'm not sure. But because none of my friends had it that I recall. I seem to get it very randomly, like not as part of a, a larger outbreak at school or amongst my friend group or in my neighborhood. So I was just one of the lucky random ones or I was so miserable that the suffering of others was irrelevant to me. And so I have not remembered that I was part of an outbreak. It's more likely that you were part of an outbreak unless you just touched a contaminated um, surface because chickenpox, I don't know how generally, this was a surprise to me because... Um, I don't remember having chicken pox, as I said, and my parents can't remember whether I had chicken pox either. They say I did, but they also had measles, and I'm fairly sure I shouldn't have had measles. And I definitely had mumps, which suggests that I may have had measles. Childhood diseases, it's really a basket full of misery that nobody remembers properly. Um, True. So chicken pox is actually an airborne disease. Right, So somebody must have coughed or sneezed on you, or just spoken to you, or laughed in your direction. Because basically what happens with chickenpox is that the virus gets carried in sort of secretions, so saliva. So the viruses are carried on secretions from coughing or sneezing. Do you know a sneeze can travel, like, I think we all know this by now, how far a sneeze can travel by now. So I'm not going to rehash it because it's on every single piece of public health information that you've passed in the last couple of months. And they land on you or you inhale them and then voila, chickenpox. So you couldn't have got it in isolation. Somebody nearby must have had it. It's one of the one of the airborne diseases. Uh, a flu is also sometimes an airborne disease. Um, you know, it's very, very common. Mm. Anything respiratory is often airborne. It's not to be confused with something caused by airborne pollution, like asthma, which can be exacerbated by bad air quality or allergies which are caused by pollen or whatever, like an, an airborne disease is when the pathogen itself, be it, be it a virus, bacteria, or a fungus. Fungus. Can you imagine inhaling a... We've all probably done it, but just think for a second about inhaling a fungus. That sounds horrifying. How you get. It does, doesn't it? I'm sure we all do it on a daily basis, but the very, the very idea is really upsetting. I imagine um, a tiny little mushroom going up my nose, and I don't like that at all. No. So the CDC recommends, actually, that we stay at least um, a six-foot distance away from others, and when we can't, we should wear a mask. This is more important than ever at the moment. Ordinary we're all very happy-go-lucky about inhaling other people's germs, but at the moment, not right now. It sneeze on me again, and I will punch you. Except that I'm not supposed to get that close. <laughs> a real conundrum for our modern times. Indeed. I thought I got sneezed on in a grocer the other day, and I turned around ready to clock the asshole that had sneezed on me in the middle of a pandemic, and it turned out to be one of those little misting things that keeps the like, <laughs> like, like we're all drowned. Like, hey, you're oh, oh, you're a 
through a sprinkler system. I can't do anything to you. <sighs> you can also pick up airborne germs when you touch a surface that's... So if somebody has sneezed on, well, I don't know, a bus window and you lean against it and then you accidentally rub your face, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, you can get it that way. Chickenpox oh. and COVID, not that far apart in terms of ways to catch it. And that's because they remarkable. travel by air, they're fairly hard. Yeah. And because they travel by air, they're hard to control. You can't stop people breathing. No. So Please don't stop yeah. people breathing. No, no, no. You can also, you can get mumps, measles, pertussis, common cold, um, TB. You can get diphtheria this way. Basically, to avoid COVID, all you have to do is to do exactly what you would do to avoid every other airborne disease. There's nothing particularly special about avoiding COVID. Just do the damn things when we don't ordinarily. And now I think we've learned. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to rates of other diseases. Will they go down as well? That's a good question. It would make sense that they would. It would, right? Like, surely now that we're not coughing and sneezing on one another, everything else should sort of lessen. Um, Although I have been wrong about literally everything else to do with COVID pandemic so far, so... Don't worry, I thought the camera phone wouldn't hit, like, wouldn't be a big hit. (laughs) I also thought iPads were a fad. I didn't think Wikipedia was that interesting. So I've been profoundly wrong about most things when it comes to predicting the future. So don't worry, Kylie, we're in it together. Dear listener, what you might not know about Laura is that she is basically a 21st century frontier housewife and can, in fact, spin garments out of stuff taken directly off a sheep. So although she may have been wrong about the iPad and the camera phone, she is completely prepared for what will happen when all of this shit collapses and those of us with camera phones and iPads have no way to use them. Laura will be our salvation. True. I shall make you a a literal hair shirt from your hair. (laughs) Which will be what's available because all the sheep will have been eaten. Remember the story we started with where I told you that actually chickenpox can kill? So there's a story, a little boy named Jesse, he got chickenpox when he was nine years old. He presented with a persistent headache and so Mm -hmm. his parents took him to the doctor. Like the doctor gave kind of supportive care stuff. Jesse went home, but he started feeling worse. The spots started. Went to the doctor again, it's chickenpox. Well, what do you do for chickenpox? You just kind of get through it. So he headed home, but nothing was settling him. So they took him back to the doctor a third time. And at this point, he was admitted to hospital. And it was a bizarre time because it's just chickenpox. But Jesse couldn't eat. He struggled to breathe. He developed pneumonia. In the end, they had to put him in an, into an induced coma and on a ventilator. And ultimately, he just wasted away, which is a mind-blowing thing to consider because millions of children get chickenpox every year and they don't die or they don't even have like severe symptoms. It's the rash. They feel poorly. They bounce back. Now, the where I found the story is really interesting to me because there, it's an Australian website about trying to, should we say, reinform anti-vaxxers that actually these diseases that people are getting are entirely preventable through the safe vaccines that have been available for decades. The chickenpox vaccine is now available, and so it has become a preventable disease. The idea that their poor boy died from a disease that really shouldn't kill is hopefully a a warning, sounding the alarm for other parents that actually this is serious. Yeah, chickenpox can can be really serious. Um, um, Between six and 7,000 people a year die of chickenpox. Mostly they're older. It's not so much small children that die, but it's, it's adults and teenagers. Um, it's got some fairly gnarly complications. You can get encephalitis, pneumonia. You can get sort of inner ear infection, well, middle ear infections, I suppose. You can get uh, hepatitis. I did not know hepatitis would be a risk. Pneumonia. Yeah, I mean, encephalitis, pneumonia, hepatitis uh, can all kill you, as can a secondary bacterial infection of the skin, which you can get if you scratch. Um, you can get cellulitis. 
I have had cellulitis. It is incredibly painful and can lead to sepsis if you're not careful. If your immune system's taken a bit of a hit and you um, get cellulitis, you can be really very ill in fairly short order. I mean, it's your skin. Your skin is your major barrier against the world, really. So if your skin is compromised, you're in all sorts of trouble. Um, you can also get Ray's syndrome, which is really quite fatal. It affects the liver and the brain. If you have chickenpox or your child has chickenpox, I should say, do not use aspirin. Aspirin is implicated in the development of Ray's syndrome. You can get Ray's syndrome after other things like the flu or the cold or like a mono. It's a post-fever kind of thing, but it's associated with chickenpox as well. Causes seizures and death. Nobody wants Ray's syndrome. And um, also, as we know later in life, if you've had chickenpox as a kid, you may very well experience the joy that is shingles, which is less likely to affect you if you have been vaccinated. There is actually a shingles vaccine as well. Um, A friend of my mom's has had it. I wish I had known about it because I had shingles, which is... Oh, dear God. I mean, I'm a... Between the two of us, I think we're a real collection of childhood diseases. And also childhood accidents in my case, but yes. Yes, you have had some notable medical moments. But I didn't didn't know there was a shingles vaccine. Um... Also, it's just insult to injury, isn't it? Like, you know, it's, you've had chicken pox, you got over it, it sucked, and now it's going to come back and bite you in the ass in 30 years' time. I think I it's really... called the Zoster vaccine. Good to know. Get yourself vaccinated. Nobody wants this shit. Speaking of vaccines, um, I would like to play a fun game with you, Kylie. Oh, okay. Oh, I love games. So this game is called Vaccine Bingo. I'm listening. I'm going to take you through the vaccines that children get. So up till the age of 12 in South Africa, these are the state-mandated vaccines. You're going to compare to an international list and see if we meet those standards. Can I use the World Health Organization list? Because that's the yes. gold standard, I assume. I love that. So are you ready? I am ready. The first thing we get as soon as we are born are all polio drops. Yes. Yay! We that's meet good. the standard. Awesome. Nobody wants polio. When we are born, we also receive the, my personal favorite, the BCG vaccine against TB. Correctamundo, yes, at birth. The rotavirus vaccine. Correctamundo, you only get it up to a certain age. Rotavirus, that's diarrhea. I believe so, yes. Interesting. Which with, you know, with small children is can be very dangerous. Very dangerous. So then we've got this radically huge vaccine that... I think there's four, five, six, a million. There's a million diseases in one here. Buckle up. I'm buckled. Diphtheria, tetanus, acellular pertussis, injectable polio, haemophilus influenza B, hepatitis B. All in one go. Bam. Uh, the WHO has those re- listed uh, separately. So you've got your DTP and then your haemophilus influenza, which incidentally has stuff all to do with flu. It's a bacteria. Really? Um, yeah, the man who discovered it thought at the time because viruses hadn't been discovered yet he thought that it may be because they're so much smaller than bacteria bacteria were discovered first it's all tied to the development of magnification and he thought that haemophilus influenzae might be causing the flu it, it, it doesn't he was he was entirely wrong but you know it's named that now next yeah. we have pneumococcal conjugate yes that is quite important and also you might get that if you are traveling to certain parts of the world for example if you go on the Hajj um, or if you're going to West and Central Africa oh. aka the meningitis um, the measles vaccine. Correct, Mundo, two doses. Mm. Nobody wants measles. Measles sucks. HPV vaccine. Yes. Not for babies, though. No, that's, I think, between 8 and 12, if I remember correctly. And you can get it if you're older than 15, but then you need three doses. And it, they can't really guarantee if that'll be effective. Which is good. And if you can have the HPV vaccine, get the goddamn HPV vaccine. Nobody wants cancer. And that is the sum total of our, our national vaccine program, or our... 
that's expanded immunization program i think his special name is that's fairly that's fairly standard from what i can gather um in some countries they have ex- extended um programs for certain regions for example you might get yellow fever vaccine you might get a tick-borne encephalitis vaccine you might need a vaccine against japanese encephalitis as children um, if you live in areas that are affected with that and if you have a certain, you know, a high-risk population, you might get a vaccine against cholera, typhoid, rabies. See, this with rabies is a bit complex because you get post-exposure prophylaxis and then pre-exposure prophylaxis as well. It's a bit of an issue to unpick, which I don't want to go into here. And you also might get a vaccine against dengue fever. Episode huh. one, friends and listeners, episode one. And also hip A. Notably absent from the list of the South African list is a vaccine that is only available through our private health care. Because you know we have a dual system, public and private. Uh, never the twain shall meet. Um, and the chickenpox vaccine is only available privately, which is, well, not great. You and I would not have had the varicella vaccine in any case because we are too old. Yeah, it wasn't a thing when we would have been so the right to, age to receive it. We had to get we had to get chickenpox, not the chickenpox vaccine. Can confirm would rather have had the vaccine because if you've had the vaccine, you are less likely to get chickenpox really and your risk of shingles, as I mentioned, is lower. Your average South African child, and we have millions of them, is not going to be vaccinated against chickenpox, hmm. which seems on the one hand reasonable, don't you think? Because it is a fairly minor childhood disease. In comparison to the, the other vaccines, like for example, TB, pneumococcal conjugate, measles, HPV, if you're not vaccinated against those, the consequences can be very dire. Anything meningococcal or pneumococcal is extremely contagious. And I think TB is also rather rather catchy. And if you have a cash strap public medical system, which we do, you kind of want to pick your battles, I would imagine. True, true. And that's the, I would pick that battle as well. So an, under, an understandable choice on the part of our uh, Department of Health, but not one that I necessarily celebrate. But if you, this this is why I get angry when I discover that people who could vaccinate choose not to, because what is your option other than getting, if you can get the varicella vaccine, but you choose not to, what do you do? How do you avoid getting chickenpox? Do you just get chickenpox? Do you seek chickenpox out? Yes, like, you, do. Do you, do? you go what? to a no, chickenpox. Like you go to a chickenpox party, Kylie. Haven't you heard of these oh, horror shows? I don't know people who are that stupid. I'm afraid, no. So uh, little Jimmy has chickenpox, so little Jimmy's mommy and daddy invite all of little Jimmy's friends to come and catch chickenpox from little Jimmy because that's what you want. You want to make your child ill. It just seems so. They'll get it anywhere. Just in the normal they don't day. They'll get it specially. It feels. Yeah, they make a special trip. It feels cruel to do that to a child. Like, why would you want them to get the disease when you could vaccinate and prevent them from getting it? Or if they do catch the disease and they've been vaccinated. Their symptoms are so, so mild. I'm absolutely horrified. But like, how do you control who gets it then? Because if you, if little, say, little Tristan goes to little Jimmy's birthday party, uh, chicken, excuse me, not his birthday party, heavens, no, the chicken pox. Do you have a cake on their ice cream? <laughs> Is there decor? <laughs> Is there decor? Is it like, happy chicken pox, Jimmy? <laughs> I'm envisioning a little party where like the kids are like, but why are we here? There's nothing. There's no jumping castle. And little Jimmy's like, I'm miserable. I itch. Why do I have to have everyone here? I want to just sleep and watch Peppa Pig or whatever it is. Paw Patrol. I don't know what small children watch. Paw Patrol is hella cute though. I find Peppa Pig quite upsetting on certain levels, but I don't think I'm the target market. Um, no. I don't understand. I don't understand. what What's the logic here? I have no I, idea. I mean, you've explained I mean. it, but I mean, I mean, I've explained the logic. It just doesn't make sense to my brain. I know. It's a, it's a, it's it's a slightly weird approach to like a preventable, manageable disease, especially one that could potentially kill. You don't go and seek out measles. No, God no. Or flu. I mean, I did try and catch flu one year, and I hardly regret that because I succeeded, <laughs> and I got swine flu, and I was horribly ill. Ooh. Um, I was off school for like two weeks. 
Wow. I was 13 in my defense. Yeah, no, I was sick. I got properly ill. I was like, oh, this is, this is I thought I'd have a few days off, finish this interesting book I'm reading, go back to school. No, two weeks, bronchitis, <sighs> antibiotics. It was miserable. I can't, I can't follow the logic of deliberately exposing your child to disease. I mean, va- and a vaccination, I just want to clarify, is not deliberately exposing your child to disease, as some halfwits I've encountered think it is. But I mean, it's so risky because if, if, if little Tristan, again, attends little Jimmy's birthday party and is miffed because there's no ice cream or cake and Jimmy doesn't want to play because poor little Jimmy is itching his fucking head off. And he comes home and he gets chicken pox and then gives it to his teenage brother who then gets really sick or his pregnant mother who then gets really sick as well. And this has knock-on effects. It does. It does. I mean, if a, if a mother, a pregnant woman, gets chicken pox within the first 20 weeks of pregnancy, they get a very rare condition called congenital varicella syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Only happens in about one in two in every hundred cases where babies are exposed to the chickenpox virus during pregnancy. But dear God, the risks are the risks are high. Low birth weight and premature birth, which are carry complications of their own. Smaller than average head, so microcephaly, which we last heard about in lots of screaming headlines during the Zika virus outbreak in the Americas. Like limb deformations, eye disorders, smaller than average eyes. Like you might be, have intellectual and learning disabilities, difficulty with psychomotor skills, and they might get shingles. In early childhood, which alone should really mitigate against, you know, even thinking about. Yikes. Imagine a two-year-old with shingles. Oh, the poor little duck. Would that not be the most miserable human being on the face of the planet? Oh. Because chickenpox is itchy. Shingles hurts. Yeah. Shingles is a nasty thing. It was not as um, vivid as my chickenpox experience, but certainly... uh, not out of ten would not recommend. Okay, but there is hope. If you get if you get chickenpox and you're older, you should have been treated with a cyclovir. I should have, um, but I was diagnosed as having flea bites, which only the the doctor. Okay, so fine. It was a pharmacist that said flea bites. I was too cheap to go to the doctor, and then when the doctor said he saw the healing sores, it's like you had shingles. Like, what? What do you mean I had shingles? So that's why I was miserable and in pain for so many weeks. Yeah, very persistent fleas, if so. Um, yeah, then another feature of the South African healthcare system, everyone, is even if you're on private medical care, you might have you might not actually have the prescribed benefit to go to the doctor. They might still charge you. Which still is in gonna... the in the region yeah, in the region of four hundred bucks these days, if you have a fairly affordable doctor. Yeah, four hundred bucks, you don't feel too bad parting with six hundred. If it's a specialist, uh well, Best of luck to you. We're looking at two two thousand and up. Definitely. Goddamn people vaccinate. You it's so much cheaper just to vaccinate. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Prevention is so much cheaper than cure. So much cheaper. I also like I got a I had mumps, right? As I was when I was a kid, I got mumps and my parents got me a kitten and that was great. But the thing is we were a little bit we were a little bit what's the word I'm looking for here? Slack about getting it you know, getting said kitten neutered and then we had seven cats. Wow. Which was more expensive than just the vaccination would have been. <laughs> <laughs> we rehomed them all to good homes and we kept two and then I had lovely, lovely cats for like the next twenty years and it's great and I regret nothing. But from a Purely financial point. Making sure I didn't get mumps would have been the better option. True story. True story. So Kylie, that brings us to the end of chicken pox. Yes, a blessedly low impact disease. Despite the fact that I think we've actually managed to make it sound quite frightening. We have managed Um, to do that. And if it makes people vaccinate, then I'm okay with that. Go and get your children vaccinated. There is no excuse. So if you would like to shout us for something that we got wrong during this episode... 
first of all... Or tell us an anecdote of your own suffering, which we're always interested in. Very interested in. First of all, we're delighted to have people who listen to us and so shout at us. That's very nice. That means Hello, you're listening. Hello, everyone. And if you want to get in contact with us, you can find us at... TheReditLurgyPod at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-E-A-D-E-D-L-U-R-G-Y-P-O-D at G-M-A-I-L dot com. I'm not going to spell com. <laughs> or you can reach us uh, on Instagram or on Twitter at the dreaded Pod. So same spelling, just minus the gmail.com, obviously. It would be super awesome to hear from you, especially because we're always open to requests of diseases that you would like covered. Oh, yes, yes. Or even just, um, let's be frank, we're not picky. We'll take disorders. Whatever you got. Anything. Whatever, whatever's wrong with you, we want to talk about it. I have a proposal for a new episode that I'm going to spring on you, Kylie. Are you ready? I'm slightly surprised. It's taken an unexpected turn. Yes. Vocal cord dysfunction. Oh, my God, yes. Let's talk or not talk. (laughs) When do you want to do that? That's a little teaser for our listeners. Uh, One of our upcoming episodes will be on vocal cord dysfunction. But for now, I'm as surprised as you are. (laughs) Surprise! Just keeping it fresh, Kylie. Keeping it fresh. I am in favor of this. I am on board 100%. But for now, dear listeners, I think what Laura was going to do was bid you. Adieu. Goodbye, listeners. Thank you for listening. As always, if you reach this far, we love you. We love you. We love you all. Auf Wiedersehen. And remember to wash your hands and cough into your elbow and throw away tissues as soon as you've used them. And wear a mask and observe social distancing, please. Stay safe. We need all of you and we don't want anyone to get sick. 